here we are another day sitting in the Brennan with a microphone in my hand and a lot of silly thoughts in my head. I'm singing to you the theme song to the Podcore Slobcast. We're gonna have a good time. This is the Dispatch from April 3rd. End of song. That's right, everybody. It is April 3rd, and this is just another solo app. Who knows how long it's going to go? Who knows if I'm going to record it in one part or two parts or three? I don't really know. But I had lots of thoughts on the drive home from work today, and it was a nice day out. And uh, I didn't release a podcast yesterday, Sunday. So some some weeks I'm just going to miss it. I'm not putting that super high pressure on me. I hope I've been talking about this ever since. I do hope to get a little bit of a backlog going. And I know it's going to happen and it's possible. Um, but I just need to, yeah, get those recordings done. And so prioritize that a little bit. Um, but I'm not worried about it. This is not something I'm like making money from. So it's just a fun little bonus. And I'm just still gobsmack, gob, gobsmacked that people even listen. Um, it's really, really touching and wonderful and sometimes overwhelming. Um, but I think this is still a cool little project and I've only gotten positive feedback. So I'm keeping it up because I bought this $300 podcast <laughs> recorder and I've had so many fun like episodes recording and it's awesome just having these conversations with my friends and with myself um, available. But anyway, let's see. What sort of stuff was I thinking about on the drive home? What do I want to talk about here with y'all? It is so nice that spring is here. We still got rain, 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 like the next 10 days in the forecast. Um, which when you look at that in the app, it's just like, oh, no, oh, dreary. Because, you know, you see those little raindrops. But especially with Portland, like. On a day where it's raining, there's almost always sunshine, too. Um, there's maybe more cloudy days, but like today, it's been intermittent, and there's actually massive hail. There's been a lot of hail recently. I wonder if that has to do with the storms that like California's been getting. Uh, who knows? But, um, yeah, like Oregon rain. I mean, we call it Oregon Portland sunshine when it's just lightly drizzling and the sun's out. That's a thing. That'll happen a lot. Um. But I think I had been kind of bummed out just looking at the forecast like a few days ago and just seeing all rain. And especially with like, I want to get out and be taking pictures now because um, it's finally light out when I get off of work and I'm getting a little better at going to work earlier. Um, but I see that rain and I'm just like bummed out. But then I need to remind myself, no silly Billy. When it rains in Portland, like maybe you'll have morning rain, but it's sunny all afternoon, but that will just show up as rain on the weather app. Um, and so I think, and right now it's like super gorgeous outside. I'm just sitting here in my computer chair, just looking out the window and it's a beautiful day in Gabriel Park. Um, I'm excited to uh, get back out in it a little bit after I record this podcast. But anyway, um, as I was saying, I think that kind of makes me think about, I think about the internet all the time. I haven't been talking about it as much lately, but I think it's like such a pivotal change in human history and not to be like, I'm maybe bullish on the internet. I think it has a lot of good potential and it does really good things. 
Um, but there's clearly like it's such a big change up that there's also a lot of negatives that can come from it. And uh, anyway, and one of those is the way that it's like it's another layer of spectacle in which you interface with the world in. And so, I mean, there's a lot, a lot to say about that. And I don't even, I'm not that smart really about this stuff, but I just kind of think it. Um, but so the, the weather, the weather app on the phone really makes me think of that. Like a couple of days ago, I look at the phone and I'm just bummed out and I'm kind of, just like thinking, ah, dang, it's going to be raining. I'm not going to be able to take pictures. Like the sun's not going to be out. People are still going to be grumpy. Driving is going to be annoying at night when you're driving at six and it's getting a little dark, but it's raining and there's cars everywhere because it's rush hour and traffic's worse. And I can just kind of get going in those thought loops and kind of negative thought loops. And that ain't too fun. But then here I am experiencing it. Two days ago, it was raining all morning. It was hailing like crazy on Saturday. And I was just kind of sitting in here like full of anxiety. But then in the afternoon, me and my family went out and it was a gorgeous day. And we went to the cherry blossoms and it was sunny and I had my camera out and it wasn't messing it up. Um, And so I think that's an important thing to remember. Like if I just that interface with the spectacle of the phone. That could have just set me or it did set me in like a negative mindset, mind frame about what the weather was going to be for the next 10 days. And maybe that's not any different than if I had been watching cable news and I saw the 10 day forecast. Um, But the thing about the phone that is obvious and I mean, I use my phone all the time. I'm not ashamed about my screen time at all, Um, but it is like constantly on you and it's that spectacle that you can engage with whenever and i'm saying spectacle just because i saw some <laughs> some youtube video essay about philosophy about is it guy de board maybe some philosopher and about just spectacle and all this other stuff that i can't fully explain but it just has been making me think which i guess that's good well done youtube um but yeah, so like the reality of the situation is it's a gorgeous ass day. It's been really nice. And I kind of like when it's rainy. Like I love a soggy Portland spring. My goodness. I have so many good memories of like playing soccer, rec soccer on a soggy ass field and getting all muddy and grass stained. Um, but the sun's shining and it's warm and you're coming out of the winter blues. Like that's some good stuff. So. Yeah, what do I want? Do I want it to be like L.A. weather or what people think L.A. weather is? Just like 70 and sunny all the time? No fucking way. You get the beauty and the texture of the world by the changes and the differences and the the way that time moves and the ways that uh, whatever. Um, wow, I'm really just going. Doing these podcasts alone feels nuts because <laughs> it is just like okay i'm just gonna talk into a mic in my apartment for an hour and uh it's kind of exhausting but i think i get to some interesting places like i realize when i'm talking to people i'm doing the same thing i'm just rambling on and um having a a loose grasp of where i'm gonna go and just say whatever feels right and uh 
I feel annoying, but people seem to enjoy talking to me. <laughs> so I guess something's right. And maybe my own judgment, self-judgment is just what I'm perce- perceiving rather than uh, the truth of the matter. Um, And yeah, I think that's a really good thing. Like with the spring coming, I find it important to let go of those self-judgments and self-doubts. Wintertime's always a time where I am extra deeply introspective and kind of like holding on to heavy worries and heavier, just like holding on to more negative feelings, um, which isn't always the worst thing. Like it, it is very illustrative of what I'm looking for and what I'm needing to be feeling positive when I'm feeling those negative feelings. Cause as the great best mama said, um, Oh, what is it? It's, uh, the full, we were meant to feel the full spectrum of human emotion or something like that. It's close to that. That's not exactly how it is. Um, but that's so true. Like, especially in times where I've been at my lowest points and just more depression and more lack of motivation or lack of connection, I've really leaned into just like numbness and just like kind of sitting there and letting things go over me and not letting them affect me. Um, and in a way, maybe that's just survival mechanism and it's still something I feel sometimes like sometimes you got to feel bored. It's just the way of life. Um, but being emotionally numb for a long period of time, it's uh, not good. At least it wasn't good for me. I don't think anyone would recommend that. Um, Cause yeah, unfortunately you doll out the good as long as with the bad and you're not able to grow. Um, so I would recommend not trying to lean into numbness. And if uh, if you got some hard stuff that you're trying to face and it hurts too much to actually address it and to think about those sort of things, then that's just the call that you need support. You need to that is the time where those in your support system, those that love you, want to help you. And that's also another thing. I think we have such a society, and I know I experience this a lot, of um, not wanting to be a bother and not wanting to be a burden to each other. And that has led to times where I maybe isolate a little bit more or I just don't address my problems because for whatever reason, I'm feeling like more of a burden. I'm feeling like, um, or that my problems aren't that important and that it would be annoying or it would be a hassle for someone else to hold them with me in that way. But here's the truth of it. And I know this because I also love to support others that that's like a lot of people. I think more people, the capacity for support is greater than the support needed in the human species. I really believe that. And it far exceeds the support needed. Um, There's a lot of different reasons why people suffer so much. And that's all another philosophical conversation I'm not about to have. But I have found it true that um, whenever you ask for support or receive support, like it is truly something that is freely given and fills up the other person. Like I get, I unabashedly love helping people out. I love doing things for others. 
Um, at times that has gone into people pleasing, which comes from a less authentic place. And that doesn't always feel good, but I also love to please people. <laughs> like it's fun building a fun space and having a good time. And it's something that I've always been, I think, okay at, um, which annoys me that sometimes I hold back out of, out of just like self judgment, um, which is something I'm trying to, been trying to break over the last couple of years. And I've had a lot of successes, which feel awesome. Um, but like, yeah, it's fun to please people. <laughs> and so, uh, I've gotten more comfortable asking for help or even because that's the thing. Asking for help isn't always just, hey, I'm really struggling with this thing. I need you to do X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. Um, sometimes that's what you need and that's good. And you hopefully have people you feel safe asking for help of such sorts. But say you've been feeling like, extra cooped up or a little extra lonely or just feeling like you need just like a chill time with someone. Like if you can identify that need, you just need to do a little bit of activation energy to make that happen. And so say you've just been like feeling lonely or just like wanting to hang out, but for whatever reason, you aren't like reaching out to your friends. You don't even necessarily need, need to like lay it all out there. This is something I tend to do. I tend to over explain. And feel like, okay, I need to lay out all these reasons for this thing. Um, I talk about it a lot in talking about reconnecting with friends from high school who I haven't seen in like five, six, seven years. For a while, I wasn't doing that, even though I was back in Portland, because it felt like I I felt this like sense of guilt that like we had drifted apart or whatever. Um which is so dumb because that's just what happens. And it's not actually even really true. Like I tend to believe relationships like you can just go right back in them. And it, it wasn't like an intentional thing, but people are busy being adults and like going off to college. And if you don't keep up correspondence with someone, it can feel like, oh, like, are we not friends anymore? Is this person not in my life? Um, which is silliness. And but anyway, this is all to say that I found what works for me is like, oh, in my mind, I had this sense of guilt that I felt like I needed to give a 15 minute monologue about all of the struggles I've had and maybe all the reasons why I kind of disconnected from friends or like um, didn't contact people as much or wasn't around. And that's just not the case. Like, it's as simple as saying, oh, hey, dude, how's it going? You want to come over and watch a movie on this day? And a lot of people are looking for stuff to do. And um, so, yeah, it's I think we get very in our heads, especially when we're trying to get back to a place that we felt like we were. So, for instance, if if in times where I felt like lonely and disconnected from people, I would like look back at high school or whatever and think like, oh, like I was like had this better connections with more people. Um, and you got to realize that a lot of that is just literally the design and like in high school, you're just near the same people all the time. And it's just like easier to do stuff. Same with college. And that's like one of the things that people have a lot of issues with and trying to make friends in adulthood is you don't have those same structures. Um, so a lot of people make mostly friends at work because that's like the place you're at, um, which makes sense. Shout out work friends. But this is all to say, let me circle back. I'm Ryan Blinn so much. Um, 
that was all to say. Let's see where I was getting. Where was I getting at there? Um. Oh yeah, basically, like at least this is the advice I tell myself, and I think other people resonate. It's just like you gotta stop stressing yourself out over this. Like it's a total social anxiety thing. It makes sense. Um, and like maybe you feel like, oh, I've been like letting people down or feeling inadequate for some reason. But let me tell you, I think most people in the last decade have been in places where they feel that way. Like I feel like everyone's always going through constant struggles and they're always something new. And we're all kind of feeling this collective sense of disconnection. And there's a lot of things that lead to that. Um, I mean, people simplify it to just blame in the phones. I think that's silly. I think our economic conditions and the way society is built is way more to blame for that. But um, regardless, uh, yeah, I just anyway, there is more support out there than you even need. And that's a beautiful thing. And I also posit this. You have more support to give than you realize. And you have more love to give and you have more friendship to give. Like I'm all about abundance uh, mentality and especially for non-material things like love and connection and safety and peace. Um, all those things like they can't be quantified. They just literally can't. And we live in this world that people are so obsessed with the life hacks or want to live life to the fullest. And OK, I get that. I like living my life to the fullest, too. But what the fuck is fullest? There's no there's no numbers here. There's no like quantification. And that's I have so many issues with the way I think our world is where everything is a competition and everything should be measured. And um, values are assigned to all these completely, completely random things that exist within our wonderful species. Um, but I do think a lot of the, the pain and the evil and the suffering in this world does come from that, that need to rank things and to judge things and to assign value to things and people. Um, and I think, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot because it's something that has always really ruffled my feathers. Um, just going through life and more and more, it's a specifically very American thing, very like capitalistic thing, very um, imperialistic thing. Just like we live within these really strong hierarchies and um, yeah, meritocracy is not what we got here in this country. I think a lot of people would agree with that, um, but it's always ruffled my feathers and especially in these times of like rising political tensions and the uh, the right wing of this country going further and further right and more and more um, extreme beliefs being normalized. And the rebuttal to that is like, well, the, the liberals are going crazy, too, um, which I think that's silly. I think really what's happening is especially the younger generations, millennials and Gen Z, the reason we're so progressive and we're all turning into dirty commies. Um, I think it has a lot more to do with just our material conditions and the financial picture 
and the things that we've lived through rather than a successful like brainwashing attempt. Um, Because that's really what a lot of right wing beliefs and especially beliefs about their opponents and the people they disagree with. Um, It's especially prevalent in the um, increased bigotry and legislation and all the damage being done to trans people right now. You see it all the time. They basically believe that people that all these good normal kids are being brainwashed into the trans cult and the trans ideology. And there's like these, these people who are pushing the buttons and pulling the levers and they're the ones uh, completely brainwashing us. And I mean, it has, it's, completely connected to um at the end of the day like a lot of right-wing conspiracies are they're completely connected to anti-semitism and new world order type beliefs that there's people pulling the strings um and the reason one of the reasons i think that happens is because within their right-wing ideologies like any critique of capitalism or power it's it's blamed on the powerless like it's they didn't pull themselves up by the bootstraps enough. Like people who don't have the things, there's these different reasons internal to them. Um, And because that ideology is so much placed on the self and not placed in communal care and not placed in individual rights, like property rights are far more important than civil rights to a lot of right-wing ideologies through history. Um, anyway, how the fuck did I get into this weird political diatribe? Um, cause I was talking about having friends and like trying to be better for yourself. I don't know, gang, I am rambling and I hope it makes sense. I hope you enjoy the streaming consciousness. And if you don't, that's fine. It's whatever. But, uh, I'm just doing it cause I can. And cause I'm paying $19 a month to host this podcast. Um, yeah woe is me the world is so extra confusing these days i really there's like so much going on that even me like i've talked about this before but i like i can't help but pay close attention and constantly read twitter and constantly read news articles and try and have as much understanding of the world we inhabit as possible but I find it harder and harder to articulate what's going on and what my positions are and what is important and what's going to happen next. Um, it just seems exponential, the level of complexity and the level of different crises, crisis, <laughs> um that are going on and building on each other. And I don't know. I, I am someone who can catastrophize easy, but I'm also... I'm I'm kind of a realist, I would say. I've I'm sometimes I feel like I'm really pessimistic. Um and I have a lot bleaker view of the future than a lot of people do. Um and I chalk that up to being realist and uh not just like hoping um because there's a lot of concerning things going on that are kind of not talked about and uh yeah, there's a sense of like looking away from our problems that is talk about American exceptionalism. That's one of the things we excel at the most. Um, I mean, just look at basically America can be 
adequately described by how after the Civil War, like Reconstruction was pretty much halted by Andrew Jackson. And um, yeah, there wasn't true justice and reparations and um, re, I guess, what would I say? Just wealth redistribution, honestly, wealth and land redistribution, especially to freed slaves. Um, but that was kind of like a pivotal point in our country's history. And a lot of the lingering racial politics and racial hatred and discriminations that came from the Jim Crow era or the post-Reconstruction era, I mean, up to, to the, today, new Jim Crow, um, civil uh criminal justice type stuff like it's all so much linked to reconstruction and the failure to adequately do reconstruction after the civil war um why am i saying that i don't know i have lost the plot basically because it's interesting takes that i've read from other historians and podcasters and stuff um and there you go talk about the spectacle of the phone a lot of this like stuff that I encounter and the things that I um, learn from and the things that I engage with are from the phone. And in some ways, it's things that have been algorithmically generated to me. Um, but it's also something that a lot of people are thinking about and engaging with, and especially a lot of young people who see the follies of the American project and our current um, situation. and who are actually like facing the history of imperialism and of slavery and of racism and of all sorts of bigotries um, are kind of thinking about. And then you got the right wing who through their spectacle that they see all the things on their phone, the things on their algorithm, things on their feed. Currently it seems to be about 99% about this obsession with trans people and finding ways to restrict um, trans kids from getting care and uh it's one of the reasons Ron DeSantis is like so popular is he's basically a creature of the internet the reason that he is yeah just constantly in the news and is seen as the number one threat to Trump is because the things that he does as governor and the things that he does communication wise and that he retweets and the issues that he takes up He's really just following the trends on right wing social media. And it is funny that they're the thing about all the right wingers like getting um, completely shadow banned and they're getting like taken off the Internet and they're being shoved all this liberal stuff down their throats is when you look at Facebook, like nine of the 10 top trending articles are always Fox News or Breitbart or any like right-wing commentators or even maybe centrist stuff. Um, and that popularity online is honestly more than the popularity of right-wing people. Um, but yeah, just al algorithmically, a lot of right-wing stuff does get boosted, even though everyone's complaining about getting silenced and censored. Anyway, Wow, I'm very political right now. I did not expect to get into this stuff. And it's such a mess. And I hope everyone knows that I'm talking about this stuff, especially political things. Like, I'm mainly talking about um, 
those with power, the politicians, the media sources who have the trust of their various parties and different people. And so there's like a lot of the the vile bile and the hatred and stuff, even though there are people like right wing people who are reading this trans stuff and believing that I'm not like discrediting the awfulness of that. It's also just getting spoon fed to them. And there's people like um, Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh. I mean, J.K. Rowling, like all these people who are have influence and have this um, trust from their audiences who are just pushing more and more conspiracy theories and hatred and propaganda against these trans people. And that's. Like they're the ones I have the most issue with and the most hatred and vitriol for um, because it's causing a lot of harm and a lot of worry amongst trans people, all like millions of people all across this nation. And it's just really dark and it's really ugly and uh, it sucks ass. So, yeah. And just God, how long has it been? Like, I mean, trans people have always been discriminated against, but this. This push recently, especially with the actual laws being passed, has been so crushing. And it's just this constant pressure for the last. It, it really does feel like ever since Roe v. Wade got overturned, there's just been this this dread and this constantly waking up and seeing the new awful thing that's happening without any recourse. And this this uh, right wing backlash this reactionary phase against um, against the recent progresses in gender equality and um, yeah, the recent progresses, there's just this massive reactionary backlash that is gaining a lot of steam. And it's, it's not surprising that it is because at the end of the day, America is still very patriarchal, very, socially conservative country more than people like me would hope. Um, and so it's just sad that people like we're so fucked up about gender in this country and that gets exploited to make people hate or scared of trans people who are bucking the norms that are shoved down our throat and are just asking for respect. And they're just asking like there's not a debate. You can't debate the existence of someone and trans people exist. They always have and they always will. And it's just really ugly that all of these people are supporting and fighting to, um, yeah, reduce the amount of trans people. That's what they're doing. And especially our full to trans kids who are now blocked from getting the essential care that they need. Um, just because there is this big streak of bigotry and people just completely denying that trans people exist and they have a right to exist. And it's really ugly and it makes me extremely mad. Um, so much so that even when I start talking about it, I'm so upset that I, I, I do kind of hold back sometimes because I just don't want my words to be dripping with, Dripping with the level of anger that I have, and maybe they should be, maybe I should be a lot more rageful and intense. 
um, because I do feel that sometimes. But that's just not. Those are more the feelings and emotions that I process um, and not necessarily the ways that I want to be interpreted and the ways I want to talk about this publicly. Um, Maybe that makes sense. Hopefully so. But God damn, it's been awful. And it just. Like me, a cis person sitting here in a very safely blue state. I just I have trans friends from all across the country and who live in these states that are being denied access and there's just more and more criminalization and it's really fucking terrifying and it just sucks too seeing all this and feeling powerless and just seeing the growing hatred and the growing um bigotry towards that group of people that I very much love and care for. So anyway, there's uh there's that little rant I got. Um, how long have I been going here? Thirty-two minutes. Wow. Is anyone still listening to me? That I I still am kind of blown away. Oh, here's another thing I've been thinking about. Um, so honestly, like the motivation behind doing my photography, doing slobcore, doing this podcast all the things I share online has been from a desire and a want to just more document my life and just to share my life with people. And um, this is a way that I find that I can keep a lot of people up with what I'm doing. And it's been really wonderful. Like there's so many friends that I talk to frequently now over social media that I had like not really been in contact except just like lurking and maybe seeing their posts every once in a while. Um, but it's been really great just having this reinvigoration of uh, connections with people. But I think this summer and maybe this last like six months specifically. I don't know if this is something that people have noticed, but I do have this increased like uh, reticence a little bit. I feel a little less confident in myself. I feel a little bit more annoying. I feel a little bit more like I'm a burden or that I'm just full of myself. And those are things that I know are just feelings. And I've still been making videos. I've still been vulnerable. And I don't think like my internal worries come out as much lately. Um, but it's annoying and I'm very ready this spring just to like let those things off my shoulders and just hopefully feel more embodied in myself and just having fun. Cause like all this output, all the random art projects that I'm doing are just um, a way to like be silly and put things out there and just to share and like let people interact with them in whatever ways that they want to. Um, but I think I'd been like, I've been putting too much pressure on myself lately. And maybe that's a thing is like, I've been feeling like people, I've been able to share more about myself in the last few years than I probably ever have before. And that's a really powerful thing. Um, but it's still something that is a bit of a readjustment. Um, probably the reason I haven't shared that much about myself in the past is because I have, I'm like overly sensitive to feeling like I'm a bother or that people don't care. Even when intellectually, I know people care. I know like I've heard so many good things about 
just great reactions and reconnections, like I'm saying. But I'm a bit neurotic, folks, if you hadn't guessed that yet. And uh, yeah, I think this winter, especially just kind of that weight I've put on myself after feeling so free. And uh, so like just going with it and everything going great. I think that's been extra annoying because I know what it feels like when that weight's lifted. So I think the last like three, two or three months, I've really just been feeling that weight, but knowing that it's not forever and like working through it, but also just hoping to uh, feel a bit more free and easy. And I think me sharing this stuff right here on this podcast, I don't know how many people are listening at this point, truly don't care. I do think this is probably helping and that's great. And oh, just to tie it back to the podcast, I think when I feel those things and I feel less confident, I feel more annoying, I've kind of held back from connecting and engaging as much as I want, as I can with people. And so talking about like getting more podcast episodes, like I have a list of like 25, 30 people who want to do the podcast. And I'm hoping that as I just feel more confident myself, like I'll actually get some more scheduled. I can start to bank some up and just have more and more fun because it's always a great experience when I do it. But I'm just a worry wart that sometimes my anxiety can kind of leave me paralyzed and uh, it's not the most fun. So anyway, that's uh, the Bryn brain check-in, I guess. Uh, I've been going like 40 minutes. Let me leave you off with a little, a little something. What's a little treat I can give you? Do I got a good story? Do I have a good story to tell? We could do a kitchen update. What do I want to cook? Um... I don't know. I think my brain is kaput. So anyway, time to sing the goodbye song. And I hope all y'all listeners have a lovely day. All right. This has been the April 3rd Bren in Dispatch. And we're done with the podcast episode. I just sat here. Looking out my window at the beautiful trees in the sunlight, please. And I had a decent amount of good thoughts. And I maybe made some sense. You know, I usually make sense. Even though when I'm saying it, I feel like I'm not making sense. But this is straight from the tap. Of Bryn's wild imagination. And that's the end of the song and the end of the pod. Goodbye.